the people of sake actually brought me into sake. Back in 1988, this place was actually in Ginza on the main drag. At first it was kind of soy sauce, it was miso. To the point where it actually changed my life. New Year's Day 1989. Uh, not just sake as a beverage, but all the culture and history. And... Welcome and thank you for once again tuning into a brand new episode here at Sake On Air, the world's very first podcast dedicated entirely to expanding the dialogue surrounding Japan's iconic beverages of sake and shochu. My name is Justin Potts, one of your regular hosts here on the show, and this week we have something just a little bit different and a little bit special. Way in the far distant past, that was 2018, on October 18th, we actually released the very first official episode of Sake on Air. And somehow, exactly three years to the day, we managed to get the entire crew together to commemorate and celebrate virtually, along with our listeners and supporters from all across the globe. Back just at the end of September, actually we weren't even sure that we'd be able to do anything for this, or that there was really any way for us to celebrate the special occasion. At that time, the Japan Sake and Shochu Information Center still wasn't able to host us or serve sake or shochu, and the same was true for the dining establishments and bars across most of Japan. We were at the tail end of what was essentially an extended ban on the service of alcohol extending back into midsummer. So when we got word that in early October, or beginning in early October, we were going to be able to share a physical space as well as a drink or several. Together with everyone, we scrambled to find a way to make it happen. It was rather short notice, but we really wanted to share that time together and with all of you out there who have been listening, following, and supporting the show throughout these past three years. So for those that would actually like a visual component to this week's episode, we did indeed live stream the entire get together over on our YouTube channel, as well as our Facebook page. We did have a few technical hiccups uh, getting started, and so it's a black screen for most of the first 20-25 minutes or so. Our apologies for that. We want to just more than anything extend a huge thanks to the Japan Sake and Shochu Makers Association for their support and for believing in our vision back when sake-related podcasts ceased to exist and given us the opportunity to be able to gradually grow and develop Sake on Air into a show that shares not only the stories and information related to Sake and Shochu, but also the people and the joy that the community surrounding these incredible beverages have brought to all of our lives for so many years. Just be able to share a fraction of that with all of our listeners has been an absolute honor. But it does not stop here. While we don't have anything concrete that we're able to share right at this moment, we actually have quite a bit in the works for year four and beyond. So please do stick with us and we'll go ahead and keep on bringing you all of the sake, shochu, and awamori goodness that you've been looking for, and then some. To all of our listeners, we send you a massive heartfelt arigato and enthusiastic kampai from the entire team here at Sake On There. So with that, on with the show. All right. Well, let's get it started. Everybody in the room, there's a lot of people here that you can't see right now. Welcome, Facebook. We're working on YouTube right now. You can tell your friends that are waiting on YouTube if you have any way to communicate with them. But to everybody in this room, and there's a lot of us, all the co-hosts, 
Imada-san, thank you very much. The JSS, a very hearty and heartfelt kanpai to all of you. Kanpai, three years. Kanpai. Three years. Happy anniversary. Yeah. Man, three years is pretty amazing. And I, I do remember the first time that I talked to, to him on the phone about this, I was in the States at the time. Him is Justin. Sorry, I was pointing at Justin. <laughs> I know that it's not a two-way camera or a two-way mirror, but I, uh, I remember him saying, we're gonna get these really nerdy people together and we're gonna talk about it. He was like, that sounds great. What do you, <laughs> so. Yeah, and we did, we did, we, we did more did. than talk about it. Yeah, but, we did. But, but um, it's really started like that, didn't it? Really? Just sort of people, people coming together and just having a, a chat about something which they really love, they feel passionate about. And then somehow it kind of descended down all these rabbit holes into these deep dives into, you know, various aspects about the world of not just sake, but we've, we've covered a lot of Japanese culture in general, just to show how, you know, interconnected sake is with a lot of elements of Japanese culture. And that's, that's the thing that really kind of pulled me into this, this world, you know, um, to begin with. I mean, I'm just thinking back now, a few, uh, just a few months ago, when we did the interview with uh, with Sunshine, we did the background. Oh, right. I was, you know, I mean, just to see kind of how much of a mirror that girl is, you know, for a time when, when you know, a lot of sake technology and development happened was really, really interesting. Mm. I honestly never would have imagined that, but thinking back to when I first discovered sake. Yeah, it's been, it's, how, how many episodes are we on now? I don't know, uh, can someone confirm? Justin? 70 something, right? 70. 70 something. Wow. And if there is anyone out there who has listened to every one of them, yeah. please put your name forward because uh, we're going to cheers to you by name tonight. And if you have any questions, let me put, put that out there. And I'm sure you realize this. Just questions are great. We're going to be fielding them all night long. And we're going to be cycling a bunch of the people that you know and love in and out during this entire show. It will be only a few more minutes until somebody more interesting than me gets on here. And then I'll be booted quickly, I promise. And uh, we're going to just be taking questions, reminiscing a little bit, having a few kanpai. So if you're at home enjoying something special, then do, do comment on what you have in the chat. And we will, uh, we look forward to, well, we're gonna, we're gonna be drinking a, a few things ourselves as well. So please forgive us for um, boasting about the beauty that we have in bottles just over here to the left. Yeah, we um, have quite a lineup. We have a decent we're, we're lineup. We're sipping on a, I don't know what you're sipping on. I'm sipping on a Hiroshi at the moment. I'm sipping on whatever Sebastian poured for me, and I trust him. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, I, I may have just aired there. I'll get my butt kicked off camera later. Um, so three years. Thank you for joining us. And Sebastian's going to join us right now. And maybe Sebastian can tell us about what he just poured evening, for us. Yeah. Good afternoon. Well, good evening. My, my theme of actually has been moving me and kept my interest uh, over the last two years, which have been difficult years for, for the sake industry, is how much creativity we've seen in product development and how, despite the difficult economical, economic environment, um, breweries have invested in their storytelling and in their use of social media to communicate their stories and communicate with their products. So it's only one example that I brought today because there are lots of them, but I'm actually quite excited to um, introduce this 
uh, alpha eight um, sake from Kazenobori. Um, its main characteristic is that the koji, yes, the koji, was made from genmai. Oh, okay. Wow. So there was no polishing involved before the rice was used right. to make koji. And well, I have had some sake brewed from genmai before, kakemai in particular, mm. but koji mai. Koji rice. And, and they still use koji because they could germinate, right? They could do yeah, actual absolutely. germination and make the sake that way, but they choose yeah, to they use the koji. And I have to do a bit more research, but from what I understand from Yamanto Sang, who is the owner of, um, of Yucho Shuzo, the brewery, is that the rice goes through a process he calls amorphous, where the rice is being heated up like for a molting process, but they don't go as far as germination. Oh, okay. But that heating of the rice is enough to start a change in the molecular structure of starch, of proteins, of fats, to allow for koji to grow and then yeast to be able to thrive. And so hmm. it's just an example, it's just one story. Yeah, yeah. But what, I, what is really interesting is I can tell you that. Why? Because, because I found the info. So not only are they, no, but no, I mean, it's important. Not only are, 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 are brewers uh, innovating in, in the type of new products that they're releasing to but the market. They're giving people the- But they're giving the information. Information, yeah, yeah. They're telling us what they're doing. Cheers yeah. to that. And- um, Which is really it, important. Yeah, and it, and it's, it's just picks, picks up my interest and- um, yeah. And how, how, how does it taste? Uh, like if you compare it to sake, well, which is made with ordinary. You, you okay. have to finish, you have yeah, to finish okay. your glass first and I have to serve you. And pour some for you. Ooh, well, what, nice what's the color? Very nice. It's color. got a, a, a yellow, lemon, yellow a lemon, lemon, lemon yeah. color that you could expect from, uh, from, from something like this. But I think what, I mean, we're discussing it with Rebecca offline before is, is some of the beery, yeah, uh, oh, definitely. Um, I mean, fragrance. Almost like hops. And, uh, absolutely. Yeah. That, that, yeah, it's, it's uh, quite herbaceous. Mm. Like a sort of, um, like a kind of eucalyptus. I got a kind of a eucalyptus off the top of it. Well, I had no expectation. Um, it's, fun to it's fun to discover what, uh, oh, it's, what it is. Oh, it's a grassy and herbaceous. Yeah, oh, but then the finish is really it's nutty and like, it continues to expand oh, I love that in the. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. It just goes on. It's a really long finish mm. and a really, really clear and distinct, um, almost like an oat, an oat kind of uh, mm. flavor. I love that. It's really good. Is there anything like um, genmai shochu? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there are genmai yeah. shochu. Yeah, in there. Okay. There, there are not a lot of them. This is, you know, this is a bit of a unicorn. Right, and again, okay. my shochu is the same. Yeah, and they they tend to be very grainy, very nutty, yeah. grassy. Absolutely. Is there is there a lot of colophon in the industry? I would kind of like say this? that there is not. No, no. no. Mm -hmm. Basically, the rice shochu is, is uh, mostly a vacuum distilled product that yeah. is a little tropical, little little grainy, similar kind of sake notes. A little bit of dairy with the ginger ones, yep. especially. Yep, yeah. especially. But there isn't that much colophon. You know, in my issue in the industry. No, no, not at all. And, and 
uh, I, I like the way brewers are, are taking risks, mm. uh, releasing new products. I mean, you, you could have expected that things being what they are, yeah. uh, people get conservative and try to uh, to cut costs and so on and so forth. Because I guess yeah. sales, it depends on brewers, of course, but uh, the environment hasn't been that easy. It's just an example, but there are lots and lots of similar examples of brewers taking risks and releasing products, which they talk about and which uh, are actually prototypes because the next step is to move on to 100% beer line. This is 100% coaching line, but it's not 100%. So it's 100% genmai, so um, <laughs> unpolished rice for coaching, yeah, for coaching making. The rice but, they put in the tank is But maybe in the tank, um, part of the rice is polished. It's polished. Okay. Slightly polished. Almost and like a kata, kata no, yeah, it's almost like a moro, moro haku, the kata haku, yes, kata haku. Yes. Kata haku, yeah. yeah. You're next. Yeah. Oh, you're next? No, oh, did I miss Switch it? Out. Switch out. We can go in anyway. We didn't tag. We didn't tag. We haven't tagged anybody. Yeah, we, well, I, we definitely need to cycle me out so that we can get uh, some fresh yeah. blood in here. Want to keep it fresh. You want to keep fresh faces coming in here. I'm going to move out of the way. Thank you, Chris. See you later, Chris. See you later. I can do that. This is great. So, what did you bring to us, John? Uh, the Kazuro uh, Kazuro. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. I did. Actually, Morino Kurak. Mm. Okay. So, I can talk about this. Yeah, I love uh, Komagura, right? Komagura. Uh, yes. I don't know. Morino Kurak is the company name. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this is a brewery I've actually loved for a long, long time. And when the current president took over, he made more of a shift to mature sake, to Jokseishu, than his, the previous generation. And they kind of moved a little bit away from fresher sake. I like both. They, had, uh, they have a daiginjo called uh, Old Himmel which I'm really, really fond of. But this is really good too. And they mature a lot of sake and they've been all junmai for probably 10 years, uh, about. And again, the son made that decision, the current president. Uh, but this, I believe, is their first foray into Kimoto, mm -hmm. to my knowledge. And I drink a lot of their sake. I think this is the first time they've made a I Kimoto this year. Yeah, I thought they did Kimoto. Okay, that's interesting. No, I could be wrong. Okay. No, I'm not, I'm <laughs> I've just sure. never seen it before. I, I always remember their, their two sake. One is like a blue label, one is a red label. And one is for like drinking cool and one is for drinking warm it's essentially the same as this junmai i think isn't um, is it the maturity that's different between the it two it might be i think yeah, that's what it, it might be yeah it's, they mature a lot of sake and it's good um but i'm actually i'm quite happy with this uh it's got a lot of umami but it's not overpoweringly weighty is it mm. and i think that's cool where, where do you think breweries are going back to kimoto i mean i i, I tend I, to see that as a, as a trend yeah and i do too. For part of the production but it definitely happens and it's also not because consumers are demanding it i think and this is the answer to the question because brewers want to make it yeah <laughs> i really think that's what's happening Brewers yeah. like i want to try this old traditional kimoto method it's interesting to me as a brewer uh and it's just a good style but i think it's more driven by what the kuramoto want to make than consumer -driven. absolutely i think they've always a lot of breweries have always wanted to do kimoto it's just that if they did it they wouldn't be able to con con communicate what it was what it was yeah, right but now people kind of kind of understand you know it's out there they can use it kind of as a marketing tool as well the reasons are different they do vary though you know some breweries are using kimoto for practical reasons some are doing it for style reasons I remember a visit to a brewery in Kanagawa. I remember I can I can tell you later. But I was chatting with the wife of the Kuramoto, and I was telling her, "Wow, I mean, you've got so many references, so many products. That must be you must be putting your hair just just standing there." And she said, "Don't tell me, but I asked her." You always want to try new things <laughs> and saying and saying that way. 
<laughs> Can I introduce my socket? Can you grab my my um, oh, yeah. uh, the the really colourful one? Yes. Yeah. So it's still currently the um, Kia Oroshi season. So this is the season where all the lovely fall sake comes out. Sake that's been in slumber throughout the summer, developed a lovely kind of rounded character. And I haven't tasted so many Hiroshi this year, but um, I did a little event with this brewery, Fuji Shuzo in Hiroshima, in Takehara city in Hiroshima. And um, they make the brand Yusei. And they had three Hiroshi, they brought along three Hiroshi, each made with a different rice variety. And it was the Omachi one, right? They had Miyamanishiki and the other one was Gohyakumangoku. Mm -hmm. But it was the Omachi one which caught my attention. And I'm really finding myself falling for these sake where all the flavor kind of comes at the end as opposed to hmm. in the mid palate. So it's really simple in the mid palate. There's, there's kind of hardly anything. And then everything is at the end. And there's a lot of umami in there as well. And I think just in general, I'm, I don't know, I'm seeing a bit of a, a movement from, say, Yaman and Ishiki, could be controversial, to sort of omachi. I'm seeing a, a lot of brewers moving to omachi. A lot of brewers starting to grow their own omachi as well. Um, you know, most brewers just buy their omachi from, from Okayama Prefecture, but a lot of brewers are now actually starting to try and grow their own. It is notoriously difficult to grow. It's still also down like at number 11, I think, in terms of volume. Oh, yeah. Grown. So yeah. when you said that more and more, that made me think that, wow, although I agree, I see a lot more omachi out in, in terms of products. Yeah. I I don't see the numbers going. It's not going up the list no. in terms of amount growth. It's going to take time, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. To reflect, so. collect through. And it might only be a small, you know, it might appear to be a big thing, but right. it might actually only be small. Um, right. It's I more just, visible to us because of what we drink, but yeah, but the, <laughs> an actual number. I just love this. I think the branding is really fantastic and the label has got a lovely kind of autumnal, autumnal color to it. So yeah, there we go. I think we see more. Like what I mean by that is these products are, are I, I hi, highlighted. Um, yes, yes. Or they, they're put forward. Um, yeah. A brewer would show, oh, this, I've got my Yamanishiki from, yeah. from Hyogo and maybe next or, yeah. or even before that, he would, but, he would show his omachi product. But what I want to say is that previously, I would associate omachi rice with something like a jumai, you know, like something maybe not so highly polished. But I'm seeing a lot of jumai ginjo, a lot of jumai daiginjo being made with omachi. And I'm getting some really surprising results, you know. Meaning you're liking them? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They still can deliver the same elegance as Yamana Nishiki, but you get more kind of depth in there and, and some flavors that you might not expect. Mm. I'm not suggesting that I think everyone is going to fall in love with Omachi, but I certainly can. I'm going that way. Oh, I've been there a long time. I've had that beautiful affliction for years. Seriously, I've always loved that rice <laughs> very, very much. Uh, to me, it's very, if you look at Yamana Nishiki flavor profile, to me, it's kind of billowing, right? Yeah. Whereas Omachi seems to be very striated. To yeah. Me. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I mean, if yeah. I were to draw it out, yeah. and that's why I, I really appeals to me quite a bit. Yeah. A lot of omachi sake, I think, have a higher sweetness and acidity, which gives it that striation. Definitely. I think yeah. so, but it's always been extremely appealing to me for. Don't you use spicy as well? I think I remember. Yeah, spicy, spicy, herbal, spicy. spicy. Yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, and yeah. not all that. You know, like I don't want to paint omachi with one brush because. There are a lot of sake out there that are made with omachi and you can't tell. Right. So it's up to the brewer how much of that omachi profile they actually impart into their sake, right? But there you go. So one thing I wanted to talk about tonight, and I might as well start it up now. And what's really interesting is you two were talking a couple of minutes ago and you say how it's really great that brewers give more and more information. Yeah. And actually what I was gonna talk about tonight is I'm seeing a shift amongst consumers away from tech 
right. and toward what's in the glass. In other words, of course, you know, they'll, they're not as focused on the same eye whether it's a Jim Maginjo or Alfonso's or Kimoto, all that stuff. They're like, all right, cool, I got that. But, you know, what have you done for me lately? What's this going to taste and smell like? And I think it's a positive thing. Mm. I think it's a cool thing. Um, so people do need to know, and we need to continue to teach what the grades are and how it would say my is and isn't and how important it is or isn't. But I'm actually seeing consumers be more interested in what it's going to actually taste and smell like. And I think yeah. that's a good direction. And, and yeah, we need the information. There's always going to be geeks that dig at it and get really into it, right? Mm. But more and more people are going to start to go, okay, what does this taste like? And I think that's a good direction. And I think what's cool about that is slowly, I think, brewers are starting to move away or to shy away from the grades, right? Yeah, right? And they're I like, said it's going to happen. I it said it's going to yeah. happen, right? Uh, one, previous, one, previous shows, you one know? told you, told me he thinks it'll be gone in 10 years. Yeah, I, I, I think so. Years. They were about to ask 10 years. Years. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, that was one person's opinion. Sure, but, but, but As he's at 10 years, it'll be gone, I think. But the whole point time. is, I, I think <laughs> we need it. We need it for a while. It guides us. But in the end of the day, it is. It's all about, what have you done for me lately? What does this taste and smell we, like? We had a big debate, right? After an, after a, a, an, um, a judging one. After several drinks. And, you know, it got quite heated. And I think, you know, I... I agree with what you were saying at the time that there needs to be. Oh, we, had a, we had, we had, oh. a, we had quite a huge debate about top taking social. I think, and you, you were saying there needs to be something to replace it, and I completely agree with that. But that, I think that's the problem, to be honest with you, which is finding that alternative. You know, you, you mm. can't just take off the, you know, the brakes and just let it go wild. You know, there, there are going to be people yeah, out there right. who generally get a little bit confused. Right. If you right? pull it away now, it's, it's like, pull it away now. My support system. Yeah. I need to know this. It's like even if you're not putting it on a label, I know it's there. Tell me what it is. Yeah, we'll be doing that. But the other thing is is that I think we need something to guide, and I include my, myself in that number, consumers. People need to know, why does this cost the way it does? What might it possibly taste like? And then people overly focus on it. I remember seeing pictures of big white numbers of the same my boy in the bottle, as if that's all you gotta pay attention to. It's like, no. But people are still gonna need something to know, why is this 3,000 yen and not 1,500? Or, right. or what can I possibly expect with this? What is it gonna taste you smell like? So we need something, and word of mouth might be enough. We need, I don't a, know, we, need, we need a clear value proposition on the front of the bottle, right? You need, to, you need to be telling consumers exactly why this is a particular value. And if you take away the polishing ratio, that leaves us with nothing that we can mm, use to actually... Wow, wow. It's like when they took away the, you know, the Qubit Sasado, the, the, the tax-based, right. you know, they, they had to replace it with something. Otherwise, there was no way for the consumers to know why a particular sake was more quality <laughs> than another one. No, is it time? Is it time to switch your room? Is it time to switch your room? I think it's switching with me. So, Rebecca, you can just leave me here. Hi, I'm coming. Sorry, sorry to interrupt so ungraciously, but while you guys have been talking, I've gone through the entire selection of sake for a quality So I'm feeling a little bit. So I'm feeling a little bit chaotic. So, excuse me. Hi. <laughs> and hi, everyone out there. Thank you so much for supporting us for the last three years. Thanks to your amazing support, all of your comments and interaction. Um, we are hopefully making this program more in the shape and giving you more of the context that you're wanting and is giving value to you and your sake and shoju and aomori journeys around the world. So, that being said, so we're having a very heated discussion. Was it heated? Was it resembling heated? I think we all might need to calm down and put some ice in our glass. Actually, I'll try Because I'm actually ice, bringing so. a shochu to the table, which is um, not like me. And um, I'll tell you about it. This, what I'm bringing to the table, um, I just got to do something different. Why not? 
is a shochu by Tagagi Buri in Yamagata, who is the maker of yeah, a fairly famous brand called Giondai. Um, this is a dambiki shu. It's a shochu or dambiki shu. It's um, been actually distilled in a lambic. A lambic, yeah. Pot. A lambic pot still. It's a copper pot. That's what I know. That's what I know. And it's twice fermented. It's twice distilled, not is fermented. It? And it is made from. Jinmai Daigen Josaki Kase. Yeah, so it's like that kind of waste, not want, not kind of thing. So anything yeah. that's that's left and that was maybe not going to be used would be distilled. So anyway, here's a company. You know about the codes? Oh, look, no. Okay, it doesn't matter because it seems kind of, what's the word? Citric to me, meaning maybe white or black. I don't know. Cheers, Cheers everybody. Cheers. Oh, that is so smooth. Oh, that's lovely. Oh, that's dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that is dangerous. that's good choice of words. That's that's it's looking creamy. for trouble. That one. <laughs> that's it is creamy. That's, it that's is very creamy. creamy. Yeah. Kastori shochu is really a, an unsung uh, category. There's so little you can extract from the leaves, so it's really it's a very local but phenomenon. You can, you but it's can made taste everywhere. in the after aroma. You can taste a little bit of stuffy leaves, can't you? Yeah, you can. Um. I mean, it's going to be a hybrid of various sakakasu all homogenized together. So there'll be um, residue of various yeasts in there. Um, but um, it's nice. it's as, still, you yeah, so as nice. many of you know, um, I am the brand ambassador for Giondai overseas. Um, so this is something that is not exported it's actually something which is only sold to retailers um in japan um it's not exported overseas but I, it's just such a great it's drinking shochu for smoothly enjoying with the meal that i just thought you know rather than bringing giondai i'd really like to bring something that's a little bit outside the box um my favorite my favorite giondai is actually their their standard their flagship which is the Honmaru. Oh, yeah, yeah. Me I mean, too, actually. And this is what I wanted to actually bring up because, you know, people have been talking about over the last year, what's happened for you and, you know, what are your experiences or things that have come out for you over the last year. And um, I'm going back into Aratend. Oh, I never loved it, but yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I've, I've always been in Aratend as well. I've actually always, I've never subscribed to that. It's, you know, this pure rice misconception that is often... Um, you know, disseminated. Um, I the first sake that I drank in Japan that changed my life was Isojiman's Tokubetsu Honjogo, which is still on, in their lineup. My favorite. Um, I, I introduced it to temple, temple students last week. Oh, it's wow. fantastic, <laughs> yeah, it is. and that was the sake that That's blew good. my mind and opened up my my brain to the incredible potential of sake mm. and. People always say to me, oh, I don't know much about sake, but I want to drink something that's a little bit fruity, that's, and, but it's got a dry finish. And I say, oh, well, how about this honjozo? And they're like, no, I don't want anything with added alcohol. No. I'm like, no, don't, you know, <laughs> no, stop listening to what you're listening to. Um, honjozo, if you're looking for a dry aftertaste, the honjozo is the one to start with, and especially as Brewers are tending, as we are seeing in competition, to brew to a more of a ginjo style, even in the honjozo 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you're getting a little bit of that ginjo, like a um, beautiful floral aroma and often, yeah. a lighter palette and a nice clean finish. So if you're looking for dry style, honjozo is your way to go. And the great thing about honjozo is that they're very stable. Yeah, right? they are. Yeah, they're very they're great uh, shelf storage. stability. Absolutely. Yeah. And well, when you're overseas, out of and always like that. But yeah. You're not quite sure how your sake is getting to you. Um, you know, in terms of temp you know temperature control to the end right. consumer, a honjozo is going to be your is going to be your thoroughbred. I would agree. Best so, bet that it's going to be. That's that's my pro tip. My pro tip is go for a honjozo. And actually, during the pen the pandemic when a lot of restaurants have been closed um, at our company we've been doing um, tastings with chefs and sommeliers because the restaurants aren't open so we're kind of creating a tasting environment for chefs and sommeliers uh, to do the entire lineup of a brewery three breweries mm -hmm. the entire lineup that's pretty cool and to taste it find out what they like write give comments give feedback give suggestions on food pairings it's really a networking and brainstorming and information knowledge gathering session for professionals when there's no opportunity to learn and the feedback that we're getting and everyone was choosing the honjozo and a simple junmai as their favorite. Why? So because cool. they're sake, the they're food professionals mm -hmm. and they're thinking about what's going to go with the food. They're not thinking about the spec or the story behind it. It's yeah. really just about this is going to make our food more delicious. You mm. know, yeah, and that cool. has been for me another thing that's reinforced it. You know, what a good honjozo, a good, simple, well made sake. Yeah, that's it's that rough. Every year. And unfortunately, it's way too cheap. <laughs> it's too cheap. It's too cheap, right? Well, it depends how you look at that. I mean, we need In brewers. Japan. Oh, wait a minute. I was just about to agree with you. Mm. <laughs> I mean, the point that I was going to make would, 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 uh, would support what you were saying. So, yeah, yeah. You need, you need it to be a bit more expensive so the brewers make a bit more money. Yeah. And I mean, of course, uh, once it gets to you overseas, it's not that cheap. No. I'm sorry. I mean, that's, that's a, that's a, that is that, a drag. that's something that we can't control here. Um, but I do think that it's sort of domestically, um, brewers um, need to be receiving a little bit more I would agree with a little that bit more love yep. from the market in terms right. of the incredible craftsmanship they put into yep. into those yep. those standard products. So that that's me. Quite that live and thing <laughs> in done. <a> nutshell. <laughs> done and <I> seen. <laughs> we need another lady we need another ladies on the stage. Nothing. Cindy, do you want to join us now? <laughs> no, because things are moving. We have an introduction to make. Ladies and gentlemen, please allow me to introduce well, cycle out, but it's our, our SNS, our, our brains, our communication, our all things ticky, Cindy. So <laughs> please you, introduce you. yourselves to all of our audience. Yeah, I guess we did a little introduction already. Um, in the Q&A session, right? So, yeah, I just do things behind the screen. Um, I interact with the audience and yeah, I've been trying to fix the, the video. So sorry for everybody, if you couldn't see us or hear us, we had a few technical problems, but we should be okay now. So I'm very excited. Yeah, yeah. well, she's the one that makes us look good. 
<laughs> you do look quite good by yourself. You know, I'm just, I'm just adding a few bits of up. The really so. important thing that Cindy does for us is that she is creating ways for us to interact with you um, more smoothly, um, to hear what your feedback is, and to take that information and put it into our planning and our programming so that we can provide you with what you need and what you're wanting to listen to. Um, because it's great to have this incredible platform, um, thanks to JSS, um, to talk about sake, shochu, aomori. Um, our experience is what's going on in the industry, what's happening outside of Japan. But if we're not listening to you and providing you the content that you're really wanting to hear, we're just, you know, whistling Dixie. Is that an expression or did I just make that up? <laughs> It's I could have just made that up. It's one that it's I'm going to work with from now. So. Yeah, it's maybe, very common. Is that, a, is that an expression? I'm not American. That's, so a, that's a question you used it exactly the way it was originally meant to be used, but close enough for government work. <laughs> okay. But we'll just let that one slide. So um, this is actually the first time that I've met Cindy in person because, uh, you know, COVID, lockdown, restrictions. We've never actually been no, able to no. stand this close to each other um, in person. And I haven't seen you for who knows a long, how long time. I don't mm. know how long. So <laughs> one of the things I'm kind of curious about is like during this past year, I mean, because I'm in, in a work in a Saka company. Um, and I, as I've just told you, we do regular tastings. So I'm, and I receive Saka every day from breweries around the world. Uh, for around the country as you do. So I have every opportunity every day to drink sake, which I'm enormously grateful for. But I mean, how are you experiencing sake over the last year? I mean, <laughs> are you just like going to a shop and buying it? How are you accessing sake? Yeah, I'm, I think as, as some people might know, I travel like pretty much all the time. So I don't have a home, I don't have a fridge. Um, Buying bottles of sake is always difficult when you live in a hotel because you have the tiny fridges. So it's like, how much does actually fit into it? Um, and then with the restrictions on restaurants and I think with my cautiousness in terms of mingling and, and going out, I think I've just been a little bit on the safe side. So I buy things as I see them. So I certainly had um, chances to try sake and not as much as I might have wanted to. But I think that's hopefully, fingers crossed, all going to change now in the next couple of months. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing more, you know, drinking awesome. more. So John, how about you? I mean, you have, you have amazing channels, um, but <laughs> what's your second? No, just self. <laughs> John's calling himself <laughs> right now. Get out of the conversation. No, it was actually an alarm saying, John, wake up. <laughs> it was an alarm saying, John, shut your phone off. <laughs> too little, too late. Let's try that because again. Because you've been traveling and you've been doing all sorts of things. So obviously, I mean, in Japan, you've got easy access to sake, but how about when you go I bring home? it back. I've got, right. you know, I've got this, it's called the wine cruiser, C-R-U-Z-E-R. -R. It's a wine suitcase. It fits eight. They got like a four, six, eight, and 12. Amazing. It is. It's really cool. It fits eight <laughs> bottles. And every mm. time I come and go, or my wife comes and goes, I bring back plenty of sake. So. Mm. And I've got access to it in Ohio too, but I usually bring them back enough to stave me off until I come back here. What are the restrictions with alcohol going into the state? They're pretty, what they don't want you to do is to not claim it. Right, so you've just got to declare you it. you just got to declare it. If you do that, you know, it's it's kind of vague. It, it is, because I'm not sure if it's monetary value or volume. And I asked once, and the, guy, the guy's answer was, 
I think you're going to be okay. It's like, that's not a clear answer, <laughs> but I've never been stopped. I always declare it. Mm. Uh, and last time my wife came through, she had like, I don't know, 75 bottles. No, I'm kidding. She had like 12 bottles or something. <laughs> and the guy looked, he's like, all right, it would be like a dollar 72. So just go. <laughs> so, I mean, they'll run the numbers and they'll calculate it, but it's, it's almost nothing if they do charge you and rarely do that. They're just like, mm. go get out of here. I but mean, that, uh, just, one, just declare it. Yeah, just that's one it. thing I would say is that if you're going to any country from Japan with sake, um, make sure you do your homework on what the tariffs or the restrictions mm. are because if you go, for example, to a country like South Korea, you're not going to be, oh, that's fine, just pay $1.20. You're not going to be having that experience, believe me. I've done it. Um, so make sure you do your homework so that you don't get a shock, but you might be presently surprised that you know it's not as 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 high as you yeah yeah that. the u.s is not high at all just but don't every every market is different it. some have yeah, got free yeah. trade agreements for example hong kong um and you know so just just do your homework um before you do that yeah so one thing that speaking of getting access to sake one thing that has been come to the the, the forefront for me over the last year is an area that i kind of work in every day, which is sake distribution. And what the pandemic really, really um, brought to the fore was that breweries don't have their own supply channels, right? And in- To them? Out from them. Out from them. Right? So they usually have a contracting relationship with representative agents um, a couple of big ones and maybe some regional ones as well, who take responsibility for um, you know, buying their stock and then distributing it, also doing the promotions and the events and so forth, you know, to the end consumer kind of um, marketing and, and so forth. And when the pandemic really hit home was when most of the you know, new seasons, Haruzake or um, Ampastro Sake was being released from the brewery. And all of the main production was coming up right behind, right? So they're in, this, they're in that kind of release um, schedule of, right, here come the first um, Haruzake, the spring sake. And now then after this get out, then all the other stuff's coming, the big volume sake is coming after this. And uh, the, the agents who buy their sake, like, Sorry, we're not. We're cancelling our orders because all the restaurants have closed, mm. and the and the brewers are like, yeah, we've got all this unpasteurized sake that needs to get out of our storeroom so that we can get the other stuff that's right. brewing that and pressing right. Right. into the storage room." And so, you know, last April it was just this, you know, breweries going, "We can't get our sake out. Consumers are wanting it." But the distributors had full warehouses and the restaurants were closed. So there was right. no way around that right, right, other right. than breweries that already had set up their own e-commerce or had another alternative. And what the last year has really brought to the fore for me is that it's really important for um, brewers to have the support to develop you know, online strategies to create their own independent um, distribution yeah, systems so that- I think there's been a move toward that. Though. I there think more has and more indeed. We've seen it with, um, for example, the um, recently there's the Japan, Japan yeah. sake platform. Yeah, right. 
Right, exactly. The Japan Sake Platform. I was going to say, it's similar letters to what they JSP, use here. JSP, <laughs> um, which is a collective of um, brewers and uh, sake brewers and shochu makers who have uh, collectivized. Right, And right. they're doing events together and they're doing yeah, they're marketing doing together. They're doing a good they're job. They're also um, doing promotions that will release their sake from the brewer to the end consumer. You know, what the industry needs. You know, in a crisis, find solutions. Right, right. <laughs> I think a lot of solutions are coming up. Hopefully, you'll be able to follow through on them and develop them to the degree that they need to be developed. But you're right. Uh, a lot of brewers are not like, all right, we got to develop this e-commerce thing. We've got to develop new routes. We just can't depend on the way it was going before because it can clearly dry up. As you pointed out, I think one thing to augment what you said is that it was mostly, it depends on what you make, right? If you make a, a ton of fitsushu, people are still drinking at home. But if you take a, make a ton of jimmaisho, ginjo, or things like that, mostly restaurants, right? And that's why they got hit so hard. And they didn't have, as you pointed out, alternate routes around. They didn't have plan B. Who would think that the restaurants in the entire country would shut down? So, But I'm sure whether or not they come up with a really workable solution now, they're moving in that direction. And it's made people think, you know, we need plan well, B. My observation CD, yeah. is that it's really up to the breweries to take control of this. Absolutely. And take that's responsibility Absolutely. for this. Absolutely. But of course, they need support and they need the help to be able to, um, you know, Yep. to make that happen. Um, um, but anyway, that's just another, some feedback that I've got from the market. So right. shall we move along and, and on, are, are we, who, who, who is the next in our limbo line? I'm getting a little of, long um, in the presenting. teeth here. I think I've been here longer than anybody yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just move down. Who's, I'll who's, just let you guys shift here. Thanks, John. Thank Bye. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you might be familiar with our next guest. It is our... Boy Friday, <laughs> Justin, the host with the most. Oh, hey, word. word, word. Hey, Tears, we come nice back. To see yeah, you. we made it. Yeah, we made it. Cheers. We made it. We got things sorted out. Yeah. Cheers. Hey, 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 what happened? I seem to have a whole new tour. I know we're mixing it up here. Yeah. Keep, keeping you on your toes. We've kept you all on your toes so far this e this evening. Sorry about that, but we're we're in business here now. But yeah. Yeah. Thanks for um, putting this together, Justin. Yeah, it was it was a little bit of a throw I mean, hell, two two weeks ago we were still under prohibition, essentially going. That we were. Are we going to be able to get anywhere or yeah. do anything? And yeah, so now we're. So we're what, here. what what we are here and what are we drinking, Justin? Show and tell time. Show and tell time. No, I brought Juji Asahi because I love these bottles. And then you were just in. Oh, this is Fukui, right? Ah, <gasps> Shimane. Ah, yeah. Sorry, same same backbone. Yeah. It's kind of it's a long hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what the Shimane folks, the Fukui folks, the Totori folks are all going to raise hate. their... They hate, right? You lumped, a, oh, you lumped us all together again, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like so. saying, oh, oh, Kansai. Yeah. Oh, it's all Kansai one thing. Kansai, no, it's all one thing. I'm not going to... I always do that with Tochi Ini, but I'm not going to... You hit it here first, though. Sorry. Sometimes I'm throwing right. Guma in there. Right. Everybody, every, everybody's got that little black hole in their map. Yeah. That, you know, I, they know, I must but admit, they, they all, they all for melt me, together. I've passed through Fukui, <laughs> but I have never been to Tokyo Shimanakan, even though they've always been the top of my list. Yeah. It's just yeah. getting there. Yeah. So bless you. Yeah. Bless Girl you. trip. There we go. Girl, girls trip. <laughs> Maybe we should do a second. If you want us to go on a girls' trip to Shimanikin and Totoriken, please put something in the <laughs> comments. Explore sake. <laughs> <laughs> Double trouble. And we will do it. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Okay. I like it. 
Yeah. Sorry, again, sorry, I interrupted. No, it's all good. No, it's all good. I was actually, no, I was here not so long ago, actually, uh, about a month ago. And I brought it, one, because I was there, and two, because these bottles are just killer. They are so aren't these, aren't these the best? Like people are, people are getting into one cups again. This, this right here, I love it. I absolutely love it. This is like stuff it in your bag. You can bust too. it out. Yeah. And I feel like you could like use it like perfect for even putting in a warm bath. Totally. As well. It's, it's just good. as is. So, this is so beautiful, but you I put just, just want to put it in a warm bath. And then, you know, for a little while before you get on the train for your like, you know, one for the yeah. road on the train. <laughs> Some of us do that. Um, or nice. you could even put this in a warm bath and it's like just the perfect size mm. for, you know. Totally. This is a little atskan for a while. So yeah. this is this is the format for the road. And I'm digging. And yeah, and plus the, I mean they make lovely, lovely sake. So um and yeah, it was it was really good. It is really, really good. So I brought that just for just for that. But yeah, I don't know, it's just been a wild year, I guess. I don't know. Um we were, like I said, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, I had no idea if we were even going to do anything. So, you know, it was like, is it going to open up? Is it going to stop? Should we get together? When, what are we going to do? And, you know, we've been doing this for three years now, which is wild. Three years ago to the day, actually, I think wow. was the, was the really? first, it? yeah, it was the, it was the first release. Yeah. Wow. Somehow that worked out. Yeah. To the day. And Justin hasn't been to sleep since. <laughs> and it shows. No. Um, yeah. So that, that worked out. And so... Yeah, and it just, yeah, all the sake day stuff, everybody's crazy busy. There's mm -hmm. online, this, that, and all the other things. So it's like, you know, are we going to be able to get together? Is anything to be open? I had no idea. And then it looked like we could do it. I was like, well, you know what? Let's, as a thank you to everyone who's supported us for the last three years, let's just celebrate us being together in the same space for yeah. the first time in a long time and 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 doing that. So that's that's what we decided to do. So thanks for, yeah, taking along for the ride. Everybody who's out there watching, listening, where this is, this is all for you. This is all for you, but it's kind of for us too. But I feel like I'm like, blah, blah, blah. I think we might need some, some fresh, um, <laughs> some fresh conversation in here. So I think it's time for our sensei. Oh. The host with the most drum roll for the most special person right. in the audience today. Without, without yeah, here? without this gentleman, we we would not be here. So we gotta we, so, we gotta craft a, we gotta so out a little bit. Of time. I'm gonna hit on out. You're gonna slide this way. I'll slide this way. We'll keep. Are we all sliding? We'll just slide. Over? We'll just keep sliding. Oh, you know what? I go. would rather you let us take no, no, the center stage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you should go. Girls should be just center. Keep the guy. Very nice. Right, right. Am I red? Because I've been no, drinking no, all the time. Not yet. All good. All right. Just rosy. Just rosy. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome to the stage. And thank you so much. Thank for, you so for much for all you do. Thank you. That's good. So yeah. It's so good to be. Right. Yeah. So for for those that don't know, Imada-san. Um, has been the gentleman going to bat for us for the last three years when we come up and with an idea and say, we think we'd like to do this. And everybody else scratches their head. He's the one who who, who steps up to bat for us and, and helps make it happen. So if it wasn't for this gentleman, we wouldn't have been doing this at all. So thank you, sir. This, cheer, cheers to you, sir. For, it's all yeah, your work. Yeah. Thank you. It's easy no. for me to speak in Japanese, but I'll try to <laughs> Now tell us, tell us about you. I say, well, you've been here. Yeah. Here, literally, physically here mm. for the most part. What's, 
T tell us about your your year. How does this last year, year for your yeah? Last year? If you were going to summarize what this last year, in... what did I do this <laughs> past year? There has been no visitors coming here, <laughs> no foreigners. I hardly ever have a chance to speak English. I, you know, <laughs> I it's just been really terrible, and yeah. the, you know that that all the news are bad. Right about the, the decrease of the, the consumption of sake mm -hmm. and shochu and yeah. How is how is your sake consumption and shochu consumption changed in the last year with with this closed and spending more time mm -hmm. at home and all that? That's how how is your that's a good question pattern changed? I started drinking at home every day. <laughs> <laughs> where, but, you where, whereas you what? didn't you didn't no, before no, no. I, I, I didn't I, I usually yeah. drank outside yeah, outside my house, yeah, and yeah, yeah. I hardly, I, I, I don't drink at home so much. Yeah, you know, it's it's a tendency of Japanese people, I think. In general, in general, in it's general, pretty common, right? Because yeah. the consumption of the whole alcohol beverage has decreased for mm. these past years, yeah. which is quite different from the, the the situation outside of Japan. Yeah, you know, like Chris says, you know, uh, in Britain, people drink more when they're at home, right? <laughs> pass the Japan. time. Yeah, to pass the what time. What else that, to do? That, that doesn't happen. <laughs> to, get, to get up in the morning. <laughs> to, to get up in the morning. <laughs> and, <laughs> to do another Zoom call. <laughs> and in Japan, most most people drink rather a easy, cheap type of drink, like yeah, beer yeah. and mixed drink, like yeah. too high. And it was kind of a shock for me to see that they don't, that Japanese people don't drink as much sake. Yeah. As yeah. At home, as they do outside at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a shock. So yeah. I, 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 you know, I felt myself the the importance of promoting yeah. to the, the the household market. Yeah. Once again, it's you know kind of obvious, but we yeah. we didn't do that so much yeah. beforehand. We were only promoting to the restaurants, and you know, it's and the restaurant market has been growing for for these past ten years for sake yeah. industry. So it was good, but at that time we we didn't look at the household market so much, yeah. and we because of the COVID infection we you know came to know that they don't drink as much sake at home. Yeah. So it was a shock. Yeah. How did for you personally then? How how was it? Like, is that something that now so restaurants are opening again? Mm -hmm. Hopefully they'll be open a little bit later in the near future. Is Sake and shochu at home for you? Is that something that you want to continue? Is it something that you feel like have integrated into your life? But I mean, is it when you get back to it? Is it how how do you see that playing out for you well, personally? Then is we, it are you? We, we can't see the result yet. But yeah, the, the the things will go back to normal. Yeah, gradually. But I don't think everything is you know back to normal. Back to the the situation before. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So people, more people, stay at home. Yeah and have to, you know, somehow drink at home. Yeah. Don't, yeah. don't drink outside so much. Yeah, 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 yeah. What did you, did you find yourself, or for both of you, Marie, too, did you find yourself gravitating toward anything specific when you were at home? Was there something that you found just uh, something yes. nurturing when you were? I did actually. Um, so before the whole pandemic situation, I drank shochu, but not uh, much mm. in volume, 
But with the onset of the pandemic, especially around early summertime last year, there was um, a quite heavy-handed restriction put in place mm. for those of us here in Tokyo. I mean, again, granted, you know, <laughs> um, it's not, it's probably not comparable to how uh, many other parts of the world had it, but still we were, um, inconvenienced to say yeah. the least there were sort of restrictions and guidances put in place for you know how many times a week you can go grocery shopping so where i found myself um in the midst of all of that is i have a very limited amount of space in my fridge and if i had to load up on a week's worth of groceries i didn't have room for sake in the fridge which is a shame but um so who needs food right <laughs> Rice and water. So between all of that, I discovered a new love for shochu because That's it good. keeps in room temperature. Yeah. And, you know, you are, well, for me, I drink it um, cut with water or um, a lot of ice. So it's higher proof of alcohol, which meant less weight when you're carrying it home, when you've got two other bags full of carrots and rice and meat and whatnot. So actually during the pandemic, I gravitated towards more shochu than I had ever. But at the same time, I felt this professional and personal sort of obligation to be of some help, if at all, to um, to help support the sake community. So when I got my tax returns in, <laughs> in the spring, I made sure to go buy all the sake I could with however little money I got back. So, well, was... I have a good reason to, to, to consume shochu, so I have to. Yeah, yeah it's reasonable. Yeah. What would you say is yeah. very reasonable. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Very, like, you know, no, healthy, no calorie. Absolutely. No calorie. Well, I guess there are calories, but well, less carbs, less, right? Yeah. And it just keeps in room temperature, which was a huge bonus for me. I can just yeah. put it in my pantry and yeah, less yeah. weight to have to carry home. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was just one pragmatic shift that I um, noticed. Yeah. Totally. Well, about speaking, about, well speaking about chocho, I, I was gravitated by a GI Iki shocho. Okay. Ah, nice. nice. Yeah, beautiful. Nice. Yeah, I, I wasn't too much into Iki um, GI shocho beforehand, but mm. for this one year, I somehow very much, I, I don't know why, but, you know, um, Iki, Iki shocho uses the rice koji instead of using the, yeah. the, 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 the barley koji they use it in Oita. And if you use the, the rice koji instead of barley koji, the, the shochu becomes more milder, smoother, mm, yeah. and, you know, more easy pairing with foods, mm, I think. Mm, for well, sure. for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, yeah. it's a new finding for me. Yeah. And drinking iki shochu with a warm water, yeah. hot water. Very cool. It's very good. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Very good. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Pellegrini is over here. Chris Pellegrini is doing thumbs, both thumbs, thumbs up, up right here. now. <laughs> yeah, you can, Chris, if you want to swing, you, you've got a bottle, you can swing around here and, and hop on the mic list as long as we're talking about shochu and, yeah, like, and all that yeah. and, and all that good stuff here. Hop in here. Hop in here. Hop in here. Tell us about what's what, what's going on. What do you what do you got? Is well, there, I, brought, I, I actually with? brought two bottles. Amazing. Okay. Um, Amazing. One of them, the first one that I want to introduce is my home sipper. And nobody believes me when I say this, but I buy a bottle of this every week. This is the Kuro Kirishima of Kagoshima. It is uh Jun Kuro, which is is like really only sold in Kagoshima Prefecture. It's an amazing 
just perform so well on the cost value spectrum. Yeah. And I, and great Oyuwadi. So I, I have, I drink a bottle of this every week. Um, and, uh, this is supposed to be my bottle for this week. So take good care cool. of it. Cool. And, <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's a really nice sweet potato shochu, 25% ABV. It clocks in it, like in Tokyo, a little over a thousand yen a bottle down in, down in, uh, Southern Kagoshima, you can buy it for like 880. Um, but seriously, I cannot sing enough praises about the Kirishima series. Oh, okay. I have several different colors of Kirishima at home. <laughs> no, notice everyone approaches the bar all of a sudden. <laughs> Suddenly we have a lot like, of fans. Even <laughs> and even Cindy. <laughs> That's what happens is we gradually gravitate into the into the latter half of the. Absolutely. Organized chaos. Organized chaos. I say. That's what the we're sake and churches. I say if there's if there's anything if there's anything we're all in need of a little bit. We've had enough chaos as of late. A little bit of organized chaos. We have at this point. So now we can just kind of keep cycling and free for all and cycling. You can yeah whatever it's it's on. Come on in. Oh, that's lovely. All right, I'll make some room for Rebecca. Well, not, not before I grab my shoe. Uh, but I'm super glad that that you're coming because I want to. I want to. I'm very curious as to how your how your shochu habits have changed as of late with everything changing as well. Because like, yeah. Anyway, I'll. There's something I actually really want to get everybody's feelings on, but I'm I'm curious. Oh, here. So this oh, is this is your weekly. Isn't that nice? is, this is my home super. This nice. is killer. Yeah, yeah. This it's, is delightful. This is very really, very nice. It's got, what's really interesting is, sorry. I don't have any. This is an amateur talking about shochu. Um, the acidity is fantastic. The balance of the umami, the acidity, and the sweetness. That's that's charming. This is made down in Shibushi by Tamura Shuzo and. Uh, the the guy who tends to end up at all of the trade tastings and the consumer facing tastings oh. is an absolute hoot. Yeah. Love him to pieces. And uh, every time I tell him, I'm like, I drink your stuff all the time. He doesn't believe me. <laughs> so this is actually the first proof, the first physical proof, <laughs> evidence that I I actually always have a bottle of this. And I never am without a bottle amazing, of this. Amazing, herbaceous, um, almost like slight slight bitterness as well, which creates. Sort of interest in the finish. Yeah. So for me, this is one for food. This is something that I want to have with. Give me um, some fatty the creamy, pork. What, the, creamy the cream sauce? too. The cream sauce. Creamy the, sauce. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so did you? Was this? So you said this is a this is a bottle a week for you. Is this? Is this? Like, is 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 that new as of this last? No, no, year? no. I'm I'm very curious about this because this is something I'm I'm like still trying to suss out like oh. exactly what. You know how well the great the great thing about the 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 pandemic is that um well it has concentrated our drinking habits like i suppose so so if uh you're online in terms of your ability to ship then you're doing well uh and i have the the shipments have not stopped i'm sure it's the same for everybody mm -hmm. it's just every all the every day a bottle um shows up and but i go out and get this uh, this is never sent to me. I go to Seijo Ishii in Tanashi has it for whatever reason. So Seijo Ishii is kind of like a, a oh, no. nice supermarket group. In to, in, so, yeah. Is it and only Tokyo? Great, I think it's Seijo mostly Ishii? Kanto. There is, in the Kanto uh, yeah, I don't know area. I haven't seen one out area. down in Kyushu. But it's, yeah, it's kind of like a slightly upstate scale, small gro like mini grocery. Which is 
awesome. But the, I mean, honestly, if you go to Kagoshima, rather than Kurokiri, I know Kurokirishima is everywhere in this country and you can buy it in the States now too. But in Kagoshima, this is kind of their teban. Like yeah. Is everyone going to understand Kurokiri? Kurokirishima, fair, fair point. Kurokirishima is the best-selling shochu in Japan. It's a sweet potato shochu made with uh, black koji in uh, Kirishima, well, in uh, Miyakono-jo, which is just to the northeast of Kirishima in southern Miyazaki And what makes it so popular? I think it's just because of the consistency and how it's a it's a black koji sweet potato shochu that is very, it's annually approachable. And they make it at such scale. Well, this it's has got amazing. a juiciness, which makes me think of black koji. Yeah. Is, is this made with black koji? It is. Yeah, it's got almost like that that mm. very like juicy acidity. It's almost which like, is a, like, really compelling. like a grapiness almost, mm. like, in, like in, a, mm. in a good way. It's, and it's, and it's yeah. super gentle. Very, and it's really, really affordable. It's yeah. like what, what a lot of people and, drink and down this, in And this is, this is what's so heartbreaking. It's, it's insanely... Affordable. Yeah. Yeah. This question comes from Van Milton. Thank you very much, Van. Uh, he asks, uh, "Why do you guys think shochu is so poorly known, even compared to sake?" That's in brackets. When it is so good, it feels like a market waiting to explode. Oh, he's corrected. Sorry, I mean known to an international audience. Mm. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Exactly. It's not Why? available yet. <laughs> that's, yeah, a, that's a rhetorical question, yeah. right? It's it's like the, I guess it's we are not communicating to the end consumer in a way that is effectively activating interest and purchases. Mm. That's on us. That's not on the end consumer. No, not at all. Yeah. That, but that's not on the brewery. That's on the people who are in the distribution chain and the education chain in the restaurant world. But it, to, to be honest, I think it's distribution level. The people that are take responsibility for representing those brands domestically, internationally, you need to, in, yeah. you've got you to make to sure that the, the end consumer understands the charm and the beauty and what mm. makes that show, what makes mm. you great. Mm. The brewer also needs to be part of that, of providing the information and the transparency to everyone, yeah. um, the knowledge and the know-how. Absolutely. But it's, it's the end consumer is does isn't being activated right do you yeah. know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah. well it's uh, even you look at sake i mean to have even some level of a concentrated effort at all there's it really only goes back what probably 30 yeah. years or so maybe right whereas shochu probably nobody even started paying attention until there was a, a couple of booms here or a couple of peaks here which is you're already looking into the early 2000s and whatnot so by the time yeah. anybody picks up on that and goes oh gosh maybe we can do something like this it's already only 10 years ago so like to have any sort of real concentrated John. effort where people could get behind it it's like super recent so Maria. So we have another question. We have another question from one of our one of our guests on the program. Okay, uh, Robert is asking us about the future okay. of GIs. What do we think of GI? <laughs> I got a really strong opinion about that. Uh, <laughs> How long have you got, buddy? <laughs> I think it's a fantastic marketing idea. 
Yeah, I, th- I also think that it's very, very good for the image of sake. And they are wise to have started it, but I think it's got limits. And mm-hmm. the reason it has limits is because sake is vague. And I think for the GI system, you need something that says, okay, you can only make sake just like this. All right, whatever the product is, be it cheese, be it wine, whatever. You can only make this just like this right here for these reasons. Yeah. I mean, it's based on the the DOC, the, uh, the AOC, mm-hmm. which are not faultless systems, right? Mm-hmm. There are systemic problems with those systems. Why would there we want to replicate sake, something in the sake world, which is a great, a great idea fundamentally it's a great idea i think we all want to promote regional things yeah, regional yeah, yeah, resources yeah. but if it's it, there are systemic issues with those original structures that it's being replicated on what are we moving forward and uh, i don't the problem with the rice system at the moment is because a lot of it is basing it on either on on the rice sometimes and mm. the problem with that is the rice can be moved about and it's bought from yeah but they, or, or they it's have, not based on they have rules like, in charge <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's not based so it's based on the marketing <laughs> presentation yeah. Yeah. yeah i don't but actually i don't really think it's systemic i think before that there's going to be a bigger problem that they're going to run up run up against very quickly and most of the time not 100 of the time most of the time they say okay you you do have to use ken sunlight rice from this production yeah, yeah. most of the time most of the time. i think what, what is there, 20 odd ones right now? I think all yeah. of them, but two. In any event, I think the problem is the way they do it is when they apply, they, okay, this is what our sake tastes like, like fruity, light, mm, and delicate, mm. right? They're going to run out of descriptors really quickly. And yeah. the reason is that sake overlaps so much. Mm. So, I mean, systemic problems are also there, but they're just going to, it's like, well, we want to call it this, this, and this. It's like, all right, so that was taken like three three prefectures ago. Yeah, I just sort of feel like it's just going to be a, a bureaucratic nightmare as well for producers, and they're not going to have any freedom to just produce. You're right, and I think, but it gets even deeper because once they have it, I mean, not every producer has to make make any, right? And with any producer... Nobody's making all GI certified products. It's like no, one or two true, are, right? True. They've got one with some stickers on it. Yeah, one yeah. with some stickers. <laughs> Let's be a little <laughs> bit more nice. They have one that conforms to the GI <laughs> yeah. system, maybe two, right? I mean, and so and so it's not it's not restricting in that way, but I think is it really worth it to go through all the paperwork mm. and bending over backwards and all that stuff? I think I eventually prefectures are going to say, nah, that worked up. I think some areas which have a particular water source, which which is not possible to tap into from anywhere else apart from that very small particular mm. area i'm thinking of probably somewhere like Numata, for example i think they have a really strong gi mm. out of all the gis that i've seen really but it, but everyone can make a claim to the water being special yeah it's a, no, i don't think yeah but, yeah, but even that's, that's to me that's tricky because in any plot of land right you dig well you get this water but is it unique to your region it might be right but also it really doesn't come from your region it comes from mountains 100 miles yeah, away so my, <laughs> on top of that you dig deeper, you hit another water table. Another water table over here. I mean, any mm. plot of land, you got several water tables. So, all right, places like Saijo, Na, Fushimi, Nada. Yeah, those are cool. But okay, that's three. <laughs> I mean, I just was in a seminar that Koseki Sensei of Yamagata ran, and he divided. He's like, Yamagata alone has four major water tables. Yeah, alone, yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so they're, they're going to just run out of. Yeah. No, but that's precisely why I saw Numatra and I was like, okay, they explain it. It's like it's clearly cut off from all the other. Is that right? Yeah, that's cool. And they, they, the conservation effort as well to protect the water. Yeah, that's good. It's also really important, I think, as well. It's um, not just a GI for the sake of having But the, the, the other side of it is that the GI creates awareness of the region, so the incredible yeah, resources. Cool. 
the techniques that are unique to that area, the pride of the community, the character of the community, mm -hmm. the preferred taste of the community in some ways. You know, it, it brings forward something that we all get to enjoy, which mm. is the regional variety of Japanese sake, which we know mm. so well, and which is so exciting for us, which is maybe not getting to the end consumer. Mm. And so maybe through maybe a GI labeled sake, some of that information can be more clearly expressed. Just letting people know that it's worth paying attention to. Yeah. That's oh, it. It's actually thing worth considering so that there is actually than, a place associated with Rather than the GI with like confining the brewers with all of their production, maybe it just being one representative bottle, which could be like a kind of a token expression mm. of mm. the area and with some parameters, of course. Um, but, you know, Ultimately, we know that these GI projects come from a place of wanting to promote yeah, right. exactly. yeah. the beauty and the benefits of that creation. Whatever they come up with, it's probably going to be looked at as outdated 20 years down the road anyway. You look at a lot of the wine ones and stuff now. It was, it made, pretty much all these systems, they made sense at the time that they put them together. None of them are inherently bad in and of themselves. They were born at a certain time to fill a certain purpose well, amongst us within yeah. a certain circumstance. But that's this, the human the condition. Same, you know, we exactly. always want to explain things. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> and, and understand them. But. There's there's one GI where there's a big question mark, perhaps, and not for us, I don't think, here in Japan, but perhaps outside Japan, and that's the Nihonshu GI. And, and the, oh, you know, yeah. the, whole, the whole point of that was maybe to give sake a bigger identity outside Japan as well. But the, I don't so think so. By this, you're saying that sake yeah. that's produced yeah. in Japan as Nihonshu and sake, which is produced outside, out of yeah. side of Japan, is, is Japanese style sake. Yeah, but yeah. the problem here is that I don't know if you've seen this, there is one brewery. I'm not going to name the brewery, mm. but there is one brewery that is now selling a sake in America and they are calling it Nihonshu. And where is it brewed? Where is it? It's made in America, but it's made by a, a Japanese brewery. Ah, ma. So they, they see they see it that because it's a Japanese brewery, yeah, they should be able to attach to Nihonshu. Okay, okay. thoughts, thoughts and suggestions in the comments they section. Not but they're doing it anyway. They're doing it anyway. That'll sort itself out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Better things by the way, right. there's, there's no prize if you guess correctly, yeah. but it's interesting. <laughs> I mean, Japanese sake in Japan is very much part of the kyudo yuri, the local, the mm. local food culture. And it's going to be hard to say that sake produced in the UK or in France is part, uh, sorry, sake produced in Japan is part of the local French uh, cuisine. But I mean, if you think a little bit, I mean, why not? Why would a, why would a French sake not become part of the local well new zealand culture. isn't was not originally a wine producing country mm -hmm. but it makes some pretty damn good pinot noir and, yeah, you know exactly. so um i think that this is it's also just about a little bit of a brain shift as well it's yeah. a it's a I mean, culture I, I, I agree i mean and and some of the well, one of them we we interviewed together yeah. just in a while ago is really crafting is sake thinking about the local food culture mm. and so why in not in france and, and why in not, new why zealand not, as well why not 
think or, or project ourselves in an area, in an era, sorry, where uh, local, locally brewed sake is part of the local food. Well, I, I believe that that is one of the really great resources that sake brewers have, which is knowledge. And that is something that needs to be sort of sort of tapped in in terms of that is a an incredible resource, um, which can also be used and exported and compensated their knowledge, for. Their knowledge can be used. Yeah, in terms of developing knowledge and awareness. You mean like uh, at the technical brewing school knowledge? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it could, but I think that. We're off on a bit of a tangent, but it's kind of interesting to me. And if you tell me to stop talking, I will. But um, fire away. They can give you all this knowledge, but in order to actually implement it, one thing in because I spend time with a lot of US brewers is that the one thing they, they don't they need to be able to get at the net. They need better equipment, right? So in Japan, you can buy a koshkia, a used one or something like that, right? Mm. Or a used fune or a used yabuto or something like that, because there's a gazillion of them floating around the market. Right. Mm. And when you get the instruction book, you can read it. <laughs> mm. Right. But the US, they've got a jury rig just about everything. And so I've seen so many brewers go over there. And it's like, mushi am I? In other words, they're not steaming properly, but they can't get a really oh, good hoshki. So, so the, the guy could say, okay, well, here's how you need to tweak mm. your koshki and this is it. But you don't have it. Doesn't, do it doesn't apply. Yeah, they, I, they can't I, apply I the good knowledge. My, 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 my idea of knowledge is you give know how, you, you give no. that kind of like, what if I talk about giving knowledge, it's not just like this is how you do A to, A to B. It's like you're going to need this, and this is how we're going to need to develop this part of the industry. And this is this is missing. Oh, you're talking about distribution and things like that, as no, opposed no, no, to technical. No, 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 not just distribution. It's it's also just like that know-how, how to. You've got to have the equipment. How to make that equipment? What do you uh, need well, to even, have? Right, you know, and even if you don't have the equipment, you can still provide. Here's what it should look like. Yeah. And here's here's the characteristics yeah. of all these and stuff. So it has to be. It's it's a two pronged approach. Right? It's not Whereas, just a brewing thing. It's like a, it's a deep dive. It's a, and it's it's just it hasn't been developed on a real collective. And level it hasn't been compensated and, properly, right. so that that knowledge is is yeah. properly you know, you know, yeah. you know what I mean. I, I do. And I think there's one more thing that brewers overseas, and some are doing it. Some are, I know, accomplishing this. But you know, they, they need to stand out, right? They need to they need to make they need to get revenue. I mean, mm. the brewers, I said, nobody is at, a, at a, almost nobody is at a scalable level where they could take this and scale it up ten, hundred times and be a profitable company, seriously profitable, can grow. So they need to get there, but. So they're trying to get there quickly and they're like, all right, we, we've got, we know how to do the sake stuff. Let, let's hop it. Let's add flavors to it. Let's do this and it's like that. And I think what's really important is you need to be able to brew the same straight junmai 10 times in a row, boring as it might be, right? And make it consistency, reproducible yeah. every single time. Then you can start to branch out on all these tangents. If you don't have those fundamentals down, yeah. the future is not very bright. Yeah. And I don't think too many, some are, yeah. but I don't think enough Brewers overseas are focusing on that as an initial goal. Well, John has just thrown down the gauntlet challenge. <laughs> Have you accepted Gauntlet's the challenge? The gauntlet, the gauntlet. So actually, I'm going to take that on a tangent because when I, because I do like tastings very regularly in my office, and one of the things that has been the the little nugget um, over the last year is that I feel across the board quality has been really consistent and i think one of the reasons john you can you know maybe like back and forth with me on this one but i feel it so because production was cut back i'm feeling as though 
quality has actually become much more consistent and more stable across an a bird's entire lineup. They're making very critical choices yeah. as what to where they produce. invest their time yeah. and energy. Because so everything also, that's being produced what a lot of people don't know is that rice has also become a little bit scarce and you know, not such a huge um, harvest volumes. For example, recently the Omachi, I read in the most amazing Saka industry news, which you must subscribe to. Um, that, Where is that how do you subscribe? Like? I, I would I would say um go to John's homepage and I'm sure that there'll be some kind of pop-up that will suggest something though. If, if you don't subscribe, it's a sin. <laughs> oh, oh, rock and roll. Very cool. I will be borrowing that as of tomorrow. <laughs> but so rice rice harvest and volume is down, and so brewers are having to make kind of economical choices about what's that, what they're producing. And what I've noticed is that there's just been this, across a brewery's lineup, there's been much more consistency. And what I'm meaning is in terms of stability, in terms of sometimes you Do you mean across one product or do you mean like a thread of consistency? For example, a, a Megara, a, a brand, when you try the entire lineup from that year, there's much more stability in terms of like, that particular style is a great example of that style by this brewery. This one is another great example. Like just really, really consistent brewing. And I think it's because volume is not, they're not pushing volume. They're not putting the accelerator on the floor like I feel as though it has been for the last couple of years. Um, and it's like production is sort of like taking its foot off the accelerator a little. And I'm, I'm personally feeling that yeah, I think it could just be that there's there's a little bit less out there at the moment, so there's kind of less to compare with. But I do, I see. Well, I'm I'm drinking pretty, yeah. you know, I'm I'm my my daily struggle is my glass is empty, so, <laughs> <laughs> which it is actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Every year, I think sake is getting more consistent and more stable, and our quality is going up. If you can believe that, it's already you know a, a super high quality that. We struggle to communicate, let's face it. It's never been better, has it? It's never been yeah. better. We've never been, you always use the word renaissance, right? We've never been in a better time for sake, I don't think. No, I right? would agree. We probably have to go back in time and ask the Edo people what they thought. But, um, Chris, why? Chance well, said that every era. Chris, Chris, Japan. why are you yeah. not in the picture? Were you looking for something? Yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah so Mr. Mr. Pellegrini, his, his, his. Chris, you want to follow me? Has chosen to, to <laughs> just can, eye can, glasses. Can we just put the two of you? Just just humor me. Can I have the two of you next to each other? Because the audience needs to understand why we say big and little Chris. <laughs> I, think saw, oh, I think you saw it earlier, but what's um, well, that is they're all taller than me. <laughs> I need <ain't> too <saying> much. <laughs> it's like um, so for once and for all. This is the reason why we have a, a big Chris and a little Chris. It's like the British. So. It's been British sketch where it's like five people lined up and they kind of they they say something and the next person next. Says something. So it's like, well, I'm taller than him, but I'm such and such as we could do a sketch like that, and John would be the end there. Well, I'm kind of smaller than both. That's yes, right. I got nothing to <laughs> that, say. That feels really complicated. And I'm on my 10th glass of sake, so I'm not quite sure if I understand the rules. So, so I feel like right. we, we are, might we are be kind of winding of, down. We're kind of in that. We're, we're getting to that stage <laughs> where it's it's gone from organized chaos just into chaos. So I think it's so we're probably go ahead about and, time to. And, and yeah. we're, we're going to hit, we're going to hit the, 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 kids to the stop button on yeah. that. Yeah, it's about that time. <laughs> the, the bars are closed here in Japan, sadly. 
Um, mm. So that means, I guess, it yeah, means it's so time for us to go indeed. home. And but, solidarity to all the restaurants that have to close yeah. right now. I think it's yeah. time for us to. Trains are still running, right? Trains are still running. <laughs> no, nothing happened to the trains. They, they they didn't they didn't put the kibosh on the on the train system here. It was only our only our um, fine fine beverages. But thank you for you you fine folk that have made it to this end of whatever has just happened. <laughs> um, we really appreciate your support. Um, we really appreciate you tuning in and um, listening to our comments and our thoughts and also if you have not made a comment please put something in the and whichever forum you're on um say hi make a comment click like it really helps us to um get an idea of who you are and and how to best engage with you um what platforms you prefer to engage with us on leave us a review on apple podcasts it's something where we, we we should put at the top of the show but we never do but please do believe it or not it actually helps as much or more than just about anything so yeah leave us a review that will with five stars four if you're thinking for if you think or four stars is, because, is reasonably you know, we acceptable should always be striving to improve we're exactly but five is better yeah, but, you know, it, come on, just four, five, five, just make it a five. We have to manage people's yeah, expectations. Round it and up. I was about to say that year four would be different. Your year four will probably be a little bit different. I, it's a little too early to to announce some things, but there's there's a lot there's a lot we want to do and that we talk about doing here on the show. And so we've been talking about thinking about how to realize that. So. We have nothing to announce at this time, but, um, but yeah. stay tuned. Yeah. Cliffhanger. Um, yeah. Also, if you're drinking along to this live, or if you're, uh, you know, playing after you're watching it after the fact, you know, upload a photo of what you're drinking yeah. as well. You know, um, what's happening in the comment section is part of our community. So if you engage with each other, is it's all the better for all of us. So. Um, anyway, I hope wherever yeah. you are, whatever you're doing, whatever your situation, you are happy and well and, and well fueled yeah. with your preference of sake and shochu. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> the, the sake and shochu is apparently stuck on boats in the middle of uh, out the harbor all over the place at the moment. So kindly pester your local yeah. distributor, sailor, let them know, or say, sailor know. <laughs> Not the sailor, seller, seller. Don't don't pester yeah, your local we're a your local bit sailor. The Edo era. We've actually got cargo <laughs> ships now. Right, we have cars. I said pestering the sailors might be more effective. Yeah. <laughs> don't give me don't give me seven reefer containers. I will go for hours. <laughs> so, but yeah, no. Let, let them know you appreciate what they're doing and that you're excited for when the sake does come back in. So, uh, reach out and yeah, buy yourself a bottle or two or several and yeah, stay tuned and thank you so much for everybody who was sticking with us for these for these few years yeah Mm -hmm. for these for this 90 minutes and for these three years and yeah more more to come so yeah i look forward to checking in with you all again soon but again tell us what you think right give us your feedback we want to hear from you we want to hear your voice and we want to know how we can best um you know give you content that um vibes with you yeah so that's what we got for year three all right. Well, cheers. Cheers. Yeah. cheers. cheers. yeah. More to come. Thanks again for joining us this week for this episode of Sake on Air. Please do feel free to leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts or whatever service it is that you rely on for your podcasting needs. You can contact us at questions at sakeonair.com with any thoughts or feelings about the show. And please do follow us over on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. You can also check out uh, past episodes, uh, streams from the Sake Future Summit, 
last autumn, and a whole bunch of other material, including this week's episode uh, over on our YouTube channel. Sake on Air is made possible with the generous support of the Japan Sake and Shochu Makers Association and is broadcast from the Japan Sake and Shochu Information Center in the heart of Tokyo. The show is a co-production between Export Japan and Potscape Productions with audio production by Mr. Frank Walter. We'll see you again in another two weeks. Until then, kanpai.